You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 142, Be the Boss of Your Life. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey, what's going on you guys? Welcome to the podcast. Today we're gonna be talking about being the boss of your life. So do you ever feel like you're not the boss of your life? Like you're the employee of your life (laughs) where everyone's always telling you what to do and you don't get to make the decisions, and you're never doing good enough. If that's how you feel, today I wanna help you shift out of employee mode and become the boss of your life. Because that's what you are. So I'm gonna give you all the power back to be the boss of your life and to be a dang good boss. So I was thinking about this back in the beginning of December. So in my coaching practice, I am the CEO and I'm also every other employee in my coaching business. (laughs) I'm the graphic designer, I'm the web designer, I create the social media content, I do the marketing, I do it all. And back at the beginning of December, I was feeling kind of tired. I love coaching, but wearing so many hats was kind of starting to get to me and I was feeling like I was always behind. And one day I was sitting on the couch thinking about this and I was like, what am I doing? Owning your own business, that's supposed to be so awesome because you're the boss. You get to set the hours. You get to decide what gets done, what the deadlines are. And it clicked for me. I was the boss. I am the boss. And I was just being a really mean boss to myself. And I knew if I had other employees, I would not be that kind of boss to them. I would be really understanding. I would communicate with them about what their needs are. If they had something come up in their family, I'd be totally understanding of it. But to me, the boss I was being to myself was not very kind and not very forgiving. And I decided in that moment that I was going to be a nicer boss to myself. And if you guys remember, that's when I took the whole month of December off from doing the podcast. I was like, all right, I'm the boss. Every employee in this company gets Christmas and New Year's off. Now, I still did some other things in my business, but what I decided was I was going to slow down. I was going to take time to enjoy things and to give myself breaks and to give myself a more manageable workload and just chill out and be kinder to myself. And so today, as we talk about being the boss of your life, that's what I want you to realize, that you are the boss, whether you're taking that ownership or not, whether you're saying right now that you're the employee, you're the victim, everything's happening to you, whether or not you're taking the ownership of being the boss, you are the boss and you get to decide what kind of boss you are. So today, I hope that you'll decide to be a kinder boss, a more understanding boss and a more intentional boss. Now, think about in the hospital, we have our managers and supervisors, and sometimes we think, I wish they were more understanding. When I need my schedule changed because of family things, or when I make mistakes at work, I wish they would be more understanding. Or maybe your manager or supervisor is really understanding, and that's awesome, right? Now, 
we can be that same type of boss to ourselves. So during your shift, as you go about your shift, as you're getting things done, what kind of boss are you? Because you are the boss to yourself. As you're doing your med pass, if you notice yourself falling behind, are you kind to yourself? Are you understanding? Are you supportive and encouraging? Or do you beat yourself up? Do you tell yourself you're too slow? You're not good enough. Now, I know sometimes we have managers that maybe they're not as supportive as we wish they were. They come into the unit and start nitpicking things or not giving very constructive feedback, and we wish that they would be different. But what I want you to see is that in your shift, think about how much time you actually spend with your manager. And I know there are so many lovely managers out there. I'm not trying to pick on managers, but think about how much time you spend with your manager. Not very much, right? Yet we give them so much power over our experience. But you spend 100% of your shift with yourself. So instead of wishing your manager was kinder to you, or your charge nurse was kinder to you, or your coworkers were kinder to you, the biggest impact you can make on your experience during your shift is you being kinder to you. So when you're late on the med pass or when you make a mistake, you get to decide how you respond. And it's the same in every single area of our lives. In Bold Nurse Society and this coaching call we just had, we were talking about confidence. And confidence is your trust in yourself. So when you're going into social situations, do you have trust in yourself? For some of us, the answer is no. We're like, no, I'm going to say something really awkward and cringy. So I used to feel that way about my dad, or maybe you guys have some family members that you used to feel that way about. Now, I love my dad. My dad's amazing, and he's hilarious. But back in high school, sometimes I would get worried that he would say something embarrassing. He's the king of dad jokes. He is the reason dad jokes are called dad jokes. He just took that and made it his thing. <laughs> and so I was worried sometimes that he would say something to embarrass me. So going into social situations, I'd be like, okay, let's see what happens here. I, I didn't fully have that trust that he would take care of me and my image in those social interactions. Do you feel that way about yourself sometimes? We're going into a social situation, you're like, I don't know if I can trust myself to do this well. I might embarrass myself. Or starting a new job, especially for you new nurses, maybe you're thinking, I might make a med error, or I might be really late on my med pass, or I might chart things incorrectly, or I might say something stupid to the doctor. So you don't fully have that trust in yourself. But this is where the being an awesome manager to yourself comes in. Realistically, managers know their employees aren't going to do things perfectly. They want their employees to do their best, right? to try to learn and try to improve. But when employees make mistakes, the best managers are supportive of them. They help them take a look at their mistake and learn from it. And they encourage them and there for them through the difficult emotions that it brings up, the fear or the remorse or whatever comes from their error that they made. A good manager is kind to them. They don't say, oh yeah, you really did mess that up. You're terrible, right? They're going to offer them support and encouragement and help them improve. So you can be that kind of manager to yourself. 
So going into social situations or to nursing, don't expect perfection out of yourself. Instead, be like, okay, I'm going to do my best. I have that confidence that I do have some skills in this area, but they're not perfect. So when I make mistakes, I'm going to be a good manager to myself. I'm going to be world's best boss, right? Like you can get yourself a Michael Scott world's best boss mug (laughs) because you are going to be the world's best boss to yourself. When you make mistakes, you can be kind and compassionate and encouraging and supportive to yourself. Now, the other way I want you to really take ownership and be the boss in your life is to step out of employee mode. So sometimes as employees, it feels like other people are making the decisions, right? Like the policies in a hospital, you might get to voice your opinion about those or attend some meetings and give feedback, but you don't get to create every single policy. So sometimes it feels like maybe things are just happening to you. Or when there's an update to your charting system, maybe you come to work and all of a sudden something has changed or there's new technology you're using. So there are changes all the time at our jobs, right? And as an employee, sometimes it feels like you don't have control over all those things. And sometimes in our lives, we go into employee mode. We're like, this isn't what I asked for. My kid behaving this way. I can't control this. It's all out of my hands. Or what our spouse is doing or your boyfriend. We're like, This isn't what I wanted and I don't have control over it. Someone else is dictating my life and dictating my happiness. I don't have the power to do the things I want to do. I've heard a lot of nurses say that they're, you know, not upset that travel nurses are making so much money, but that they wish they could go travel, but they can't. They say, I can't go travel because I have kids and because I live in this place and my husband has a job and so I can't travel and they feel kind of stuck, right? Like they feel like the employee in their life where all these outside circumstances are dictating what they're able to do. And this isn't true, you guys. Now let's take a look at kind of a simple example of this, okay? So the other day my husband told me he had a dream that we got our daughter an iguana. She is four years old. She loves snakes and reptiles and spiders. (laughs) Like before bed, she likes to watch dangerous spider videos or dangerous snake videos. She's obsessed with bugs and all of that stuff. So my husband had this dream that we got her an iguana and he was like, she loved it. I think we should get her an iguana. (laughs) And I was like, no, we have enough going on. We've got a dog. When we travel, we have to find someone to watch our dog We've got two little kids. I've got a coaching practice. We've got nursing jobs. We've got enough going on. We can't get an iguana right now. But the truth is we could get an iguana, right? Or maybe some of you live in an apartment and they don't allow dogs in your apartment or cats in your apartment. So you really want a pet, but you're like, I can't get one. And it really feels like you can't. But the truth is, whether it's the iguana or the dog or travel nursing, it's not that you can't do those things. You could go get a dog and bring it to this apartment where they say dogs aren't allowed and see what happens. Try to hide it from your landlord. Or you could go get a different apartment. You could move somewhere where they allow dogs. Maybe it's miles and miles away from where you live. Or maybe you're going to have to pay a lot more. But you could do it. 
So in our lives, when we're telling ourselves we can't do something, the truth is we can, but it's not as high of a priority as other things. So with the iguana, we could get an iguana, but these other things take higher priority. And my desire to have an iguana versus my desire to not have another thing to think about, (laughs) the iguana loses, right? And if you want a dog, right now your desire to have a dog isn't as big of a priority as living where you currently live, whether it's because of the cost of where you're living or the location. But for some reason, you haven't moved to a new place where you could have a dog. You've decided living where you are and not having a dog is what you choose. It's not what's being forced on you. And same with travel nursing, right? So we could travel. You could go anywhere you want to, but other things are a higher priority. So with everything in your life, whenever you find yourself saying, I have to do this, or I can't do that. Question it. Remind yourself that you could do that thing. But then check in. What are the priorities that are coming up higher? Why are you choosing not to do that thing or to do it? Right? Like when we tell ourselves, I have to go to work. You don't have to go to work, but you're choosing to. Because you don't want to get fired. And you want money. You want to get your paycheck. And you don't want to let down your team and break your commitments. And you'd feel better about yourself for going than calling out when you don't need to, right? So you could not go to work. No one's forcing you to go to work. No one's loading you into the car and dragging you to work and forcing you to give patients medications and listen to their hearts and lungs. No one's forcing you to do any of that. You're choosing to. So when you find yourself in victim mode and employee mode, remember it's all a lie. That's just your brain wanting to blame other people for your actions and your decisions. But really, you are the person who gets to decide what you do in your life. And whatever choices you're making, that's okay. But let's take the ownership because it's really frustrating when we think everyone else is controlling our lives. And this is true with our actions And it's true with our emotions. When we think other people are in charge of our happiness or other people and situations are what makes us feel stressed, then we're in employee mode, right? Everyone else is the manager of my well-being. So if we think our difficult patient, the one who is swearing at you all night long and refusing to take their meds and calling every five seconds, we think that patient is stressing us out. You know what we did just then? We made them the manager of our well-being, of our emotions. We're like, okay, you are in charge of my emotions, sir, who is obviously very angry and struggling right now. I'm going to give you the power over my emotions. And then we hope they'll be a good manager. But a lot of the times they're not, right? They're struggling to manage their own emotions, and we've now given them control over ours. And we're like, they need to stop swearing or hitting the call bell, or they need to do what I'm asking them to do so that I can feel happy. Or with our kids, when they're misbehaving, we think, oh my gosh, this is such a stressful day because my kids won't behave. Now we've made our toddler the manager of our emotions. Or your husband comes home and he's really grumpy from his day at work. 
And then you start to feel stressed out and kind of negative. It's like, dang it, my husband isn't being a very good manager of my emotions right now. So instead of giving everybody else control over your emotions, I want you to be the manager. You are in charge of what you feel. It's not the patients, it's not your kids, it's not your partner, it's not your mother-in-law, it's not your manager. You are in charge. And this is something I constantly practice reminding my brain of. So the other day on Instagram, in my stories, I did a little challenge with everybody. I reminded them what actually creates our emotions. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know what creates your emotions. It's not other people. It's your thoughts. So when you have a thought about your patient, it creates an emotion for you. When you think, they shouldn't swear at me. This is really rude. You feel irritated or defensive. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have those thoughts, but it's your thought, not the behavior causing you to feel how you do. So the other day I did this little challenge on my Instagram stories to help us all practice remembering that it's our thoughts that create our emotions. And so I said throughout the next 24 hours, when you feel a strong emotion or any emotion, just pause for a second and notice the thought that came right before you felt that emotion. Because a lot of times we're so busy in our lives, we don't notice. We don't have that awareness of the thought that created the emotion. And it comes so quickly. So someone does a behavior and we instantly think a thought and then we feel the emotion. But because it happens so fast, we credit the person's behavior with our feeling. So when that patient hits the call bell, we have the thought, I can't believe they're calling again. And we feel annoyed. But because it happens so quickly, we think it's the call bell and the patient making us feel how we do. But if we slow down and notice that we had that thought, they shouldn't be doing this, that's annoying, that that's what made us feel annoyed, then it gives us all the power back. So I did this little challenge on Instagram and I was paying attention to myself over that 24 hours and noticing when I had an emotion, what was the thought that came before? And it's true for uncomfortable emotions and for the more pleasant emotions. So I noticed at one point I was thinking about taxes And I started to feel overwhelmed and kind of a sense of dread, like I don't want to do my taxes. And it's not taxes and then the fact that taxes exist that I felt overwhelmed. It was that thought, I have to do taxes and it's going to be miserable. That thought made me feel overwhelmed and feel dread. If I wasn't having that thought, I wouldn't feel those emotions because taxes exist all the time. But I'm not always feeling that sense of dread and overwhelm. It's only when I think that thought. And then I noticed when I decorated my wall for Bold Nurse Society, the wall that's behind me when I do my coaching, I was feeling the sense of pride and adoration with how cute it looked because I put some pink decorations up there since Valentine's Day is coming up. And I noticed the thought that I had was, this is so cute, right? It was a very simple thought, but that sentence in my brain made me feel pride and adoration. A vase on a wall and some picture frames cannot make you feel anything. Like, it's kind of silly when we think about it, when we look at a picture frame and be like, oh yeah, that's making me feel some pride right now. No, it's not, right? And it's the same with the pile of laundry. That laundry is making me feel overwhelmed. Laundry is so powerful. You just made laundry the manager of your life, (laughs) of your emotions. But it can't do that, right? Those things can't make you feel anything. It's all your thoughts about them. So practice taking that ownership back. 
Take the next 24 hours as you go throughout your day, play that little game. When you feel an emotion, ask yourself, what was I just thinking? And see if you can identify how you created the emotion. Not other people, not your circumstances, you. Because you have the power. All right, my friends, go be awesome managers in your life. Be intentional managers. Choose what you do. Choose what you think. Choose to be kind and supportive to yourself. That's the kind of manager we all want. And you are the manager of your life. You are the boss of your life. Now, no manager is perfect. No boss is perfect. So be kind to yourself when you make mistakes, when you are kind of cruel in your head, or when you do credit other people for your emotions. Be kind to yourself because it takes practice. But recognize that you're the manager. You're not the employee. And you get to create your life experience. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for being here. Take care.